I said before that I love Jesus, that I hate injustice. I haven't always loved Jesus. But I think I've always felt uneasy about injustice. I may not have felt passionate about it, but I've always felt uneasy about it. And the early church had to deal with justice in a specific way. We see it in, in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 to 7, how there was a wonderful practice that the, the early church had of feeding the widows. But there was a situation where, where the Greek-speaking widows weren't receiving the food that they should have been receiving. And, and it seemed that the, that the Hebraic Jewish widows were receiving more. And this was a justice issue. I don't believe for one minute that, that it was deliberate. I think it was probably due to language difficulties or just a misunderstanding. But the apostles saw it as a justice issue. It was a justice issue to them because they had grown up knowing the Old Testament teaching and they'd spent time with Jesus. And they knew that justice had to be the very core of the church. So they had to do something about it. But their main responsibility was, was, was teaching the, the good news. So what they did is they, they got a group of seven outstanding men who would, who would work together to ensure fairness amongst the, 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 for the distribution of, of food to the widows. One of those men was a guy called Stephen. And you've probably heard about Stephen before. He was, he was the first Christian martyr. He was stoned to death because he loved Jesus so much he couldn't stop talking about it. And it ended up with him giving his life to Christ. But actually, he was also one of those guys who rolled his sleeves up and got involved. He got involved in the justice of distributing food. I believe that the justice is for everyone everywhere. It's not just for, for a few people. And I'd like to tell you, if you don't mind, a little bit about my story. On Boxing Day 2004, something happened which literally shook the world. And it changed my life forever. I was about to leave my career in banking uh, in the February of 2005. And I thought I was probably going to go to Bible college and become a pastor. But within a month or two of me leaving my, my banking career, I found myself in India helping to build houses for, for the poor who had lost everything, literally everything, in the Boxing Day tsunami. Now, if God wanted to capture my attention, he certainly did. Because something amazing happened to me during that time. While I was there, I fell in love with the poor, with the poorest of the poor. If I'm honest, I've never met them before, but I fell in love with them. A few weeks ago, Carl Beach was speaking to us, and you may recall that, that he talked about us having a first and a second conversion. The first conversion being to Christ, and the second conversion Carl mentioned was was to the poor. And that really resonated with me. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm talking to you today. Because I actually had that second, I actually had that second conversion in India myself when I met the poor. In Isaiah 58, we see an amazing story. We see an amazing message that God wants to get across to his people. 
so much so that it starts off like this. Shout it aloud and don't hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. God is shouting at us. Why is he shouting at us? Quite simply, because he wants to get our attention. And I believe he wants to get our attention today as well. Now, Isaiah 58 verses, verses 6 to 7, God says this. He wants us to loose the chains of injustice, to set the oppressed free, to share our food with the hungry, to provide shelter for the poor and the wanderer, to clothe the naked, and to embrace everyone in need. That's what he wants us to do. He also goes on to say in verse 4, before that, he says, Actually, if you don't do these things, you can't expect me to hear your voice. These things have to be done first. The great thing is he then goes on the rest of Isaiah 58 to say, but actually, if you do these things, you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed with healing, with righteousness, with guidance, with strength. The promises that follow are amazing. But first of all, we have to do the things that God's calling us to do. This is a law that we see right through the Bible. It's the law of sowing and reaping. God wants us to reap. First of all, he wants us to sow. He wants us to get involved, first of all. And there's lots of other examples of these. I'm going to just go through a couple of them, or a few of them, very quickly for you. We see in Luke 6, verses 38, it says, Give, and it will be given to you. Press down, overflow. But first of all, we have to give. In Revelations 3.20, it says that I stand at the door and knock. If you open the door, then I'll come in and eat with you. But first of all, you have to open the door. Proverbs 19.17 says, he who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. And he will reward him for what he has done. In Galatians 6.9, he said, let us not grow weary of doing good. But at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. The harvest comes because of us sowing and us not giving up. But the, probably the most memorable one of all of these is, is found in Matthew 25, where Jesus talks about the sheep and the goats. And he says this, he says, whenever you feed the poor, whenever you give water, to those that are thirsty, whenever you befriend a stranger, whenever you clothe the naked or look after the sick, whenever you visit a prisoner, you're doing it for me, for Jesus. Why wouldn't you want to do that? But actually there's a reward from it, and the reward we get from that is eternal life with him. That's the promise. So the call is for us. There's another and part of the Old Testament, Amos 5, verses 21 to 24, where the prophet really speaks some strong words that God's saying. And I'm just going to try and paraphrase those into, into the sort of words we've used today. And this is the sort of thing that, that the prophet is saying to you and to me. He's saying, I hate your Sunday services. I don't want your tithes and offerings. I don't even care if you're double tithing. I'm not going to accept them. And as for your music and your songs, I've got my fingers in my ears and I'm not listening to you. 
That's what the Lord is saying. Because the next verse is what's so important. He says he wants justice to roll on like a river and righteousness like a never-ending stream. That's what he wants. He wants us to change our hearts, to care for those in need before we, before we do all these other things. And once we do those things, then he will receive our worship. In short, he wants us to be hungry for the things that, that really are important to God. He doesn't want us to keep turning up to meetings. He wants us to be in action. He wants us to be a people of action, to get passionate about the things that he really cares about. He wants us to have a heart for justice and a passion to fight injustice. Now, I thank God that there are people like Dawn and Leo and Samantha who are called to go to some of the most difficult places. I am so grateful for the way that they do that. It's something that I often thought, I'm just so pleased that other people did these difficult things. And I didn't have to. But let's get real. We're not all called to go. We're not all called to rush off to refugee camps. We're not all called to go and work in the slums of Nairobi. We're not all called or equipped to go into prisons to, to speak to prisoners. We don't have to. We don't have to all go, but we can all help. This is something that Kate said a few weeks back. We all have to get involved. We all have to get involved. All of us, every one of us, because justice is for everyone, everywhere, and we have to practice that. But if you can't go, how can you get involved? Well, there are many ways you can get involved, and I'll come on to some of those later on. But even if you can't physically and emotionally go, you can pray, you can give financially to support others. I heard a few weeks ago about what was happening in El Salvador during lockdown. In El Salvador, which is a desperately poor country that I have visited, in the slums there were, there were people who were day laborers. And during lockdown, they couldn't go out to eat, which meant that they couldn't go out to, to, to work. They couldn't earn enough money to provide food for their families for those days. So people were starving. They were running out of food. They were running out of water. They were running out of hope. They didn't know what to do. So what they do is they actually use a sheet and put up a white flag on the top of their roof, basically to say, I've had enough, I've given up, I can go on my longer. What a desperate situation to be in. But the great thing was, the local churches saw these white flags, and what they do is they rush there, and they provide them with food, they bring water. Great thing, they bring hope back to those families. That's justice. They're sharing their food with the poor. But the reality of those churches is that they're also poor. They don't have the funds to do this. So how do they do it? Well, they do it because people like you, people like me, give to charities to enable other people on the front line in the developing world to help those in desperate need. But how else can we, can we do this? Well, it's not just the developing countries where we see this sort of level of injustice. There's people suffering food poverty right here in Hitchin, right on our own doorstep. 
Since the pandemic started and when we went into lockdown, Rosemary and I started to volunteer for the local charity called Feed Up Warmer. And that's really opened our eyes to some of the needs in our own community. Do you know there are people in our town that are trafficked? Yes, there are. Today is EU anti-trafficking day. Now, I find that quite strange because I actually think that every single day of the week should be anti-trafficking day. But today is, is, a, is a day where we focus on this. And there are people trafficked in our own town. There are children in our town going to school hungry. There are parents who are embarrassed because they don't have a decent school uniform to send their child to school in. Young people are self-harming. People are lonely. People are suffering from mental health issues. Some of them even contemplating suicide. I could go on. The needs in our community are there. We need to do something about it. We're called to bring God's justice to everyone, everywhere. We are the church. And the church is a movement. I'll say that again. We are the church. And the church is a movement. It's not just a gathering. Whilst we gather, that's great. God wants us to move. He wants us to have a passion for those around us that we see where there is great need. Lord, make us free. Lord, make us free. Jesus set out his manifesto in Luke 5 when he read from Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 2. He stood up in the synagogue and he spoke just two, two verses. Those who are listening were expecting a much longer lesson, a much longer reading. They were expecting a sermon. But we didn't get that. We got two verses. Why? Because just like in Isaiah 15, just like in Amos 5, Jesus wanted to get our attention. And he wants to get our attention to God. He wants us to care for the poor. But why does he want to care for the poor? He wants to care for the poor. Because he's passionate about justice. He loves the poor, but also he loves you and he loves me. Helping the poor is actually an expression that he loves you and me. It says in, in Psalm 41, verse 1, and I just love the way the, the message translation says this. It says, dignify those who are down on their lips. Why? Because you feel good. God wants you to feel good. He wants you to feel good about the help you're giving the poor. To dignify the poor. When you do that, you feel good. A few months uh, after lockdown, there were, there were a group of us, mainly people from, from Zero Church, who would meet once a week to pray for those who are in poor, mainly for those who are in poor in the developing countries, because everything around the pandemic seemed to be centred around what was happening here in, in, in the UK. But actually, the pandemic affected the poor around the world far much more than it affected us. Maybe they weren't getting as ill, but it was really affecting their ability to actually eat and to feed their children and to provide for their families. And we used to meet every, every week to pray for them. And one of our prayers was, was this. Dear Lord, we pray that you would give bread to the hungry, 
And for those of us that have been, give us a hunger for justice. And that's why I've called this tour, Lord, Make Us Hungry. But before I pray at the end of this tour, I'd like to give people practical ways in which they can respond to what I've heard, what I've said, and I hope that they have done it. You may already have a passion for justice. You may already be out working that passion for justice. And if you are, God bless you. And I pray that the Lord continues to push that passion onto your heart, where he multiplies the benefits of what you achieve. But you may have a passion, but just not know what to do with it. You may not know where to outwork that passion. You may have this burning desire to, to help somebody. And if that's you, but you don't know how to outwork it, we've got to help you today. So I would ask you to, to, to contact zeochurch.com forward slash connect or text 60777 with your name if you're somebody who wants to outwork your passion let us know we will help you 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 may have your passion may be for single parent families it may be for those suffering mental health it may be for the elderly, for the lonely. Whatever it is, contact us. Text 60777 with your name or contact us using zeochurch.com forward slash connect. Because we will be in touch with you. We will, we will contact you. We will help you find an, out, an, outlet, an outlet, sorry, a way of outworking your passion. We will help you. Don't feel you're alone in this because you're not. We know there'll be people listening to us who, like me, before before I went to India, who just knew we should be doing more. But we didn't really have a passion for it. And if that's you, I would do the same. I would ask you to make the same connection. I would ask you to seek the Lord, ask him to put this passion deep inside you. Make it something that you feel so strong about you just have to do something seek the lord first but do come to us and ask for help we'd love to stand in prayer with you and, and maybe help lead you towards this because just imagine if every single one of us had god's passion for the poor if our hearts were broken in things that broke god's heart if you turn that into action, just imagine what we could do together. We could be a powerful army for Christ. We could do amazing things. Because God needs us. He needs us to do this. He wants us to do this. He wants us to do it because he not only loves the poor, he not only loves justice, but he also loves us. And he wants us to benefit him. So if you're not helping now and you believe you want to, find someone who needs your help. Start at work, start at your school, start in your street, keep your eyes open. The need is all around. Thank you for listening to my ramblings this morning. Um, maybe you understand that I am passionate about this. It is so important to me that, that each one of us does whatever we can 
wherever you can to give justice to the world. And I'd just like us all now to pray. What I'd like you to do while I'm praying, I really want you to think about this prayer. But after today's service, I'd like you to go back and read Isaiah 58 for yourself. Read it slowly. Read it slowly. And I'd like you to really absorb what, what the prophet is saying. What God is saying. What is he saying to you through the words of Isaiah 58? But right now, I'd just like to pray. And as I'm praying, I'd like you to think really carefully about the words that I'm using. So let us pray. God bless me with discomfort. At easy answers, half truths, and superficial relationships, that I may live deep within your heart. God bless me with anger, with injustice, oppression, and the exploitation of people, so that I may work for justice, freedom. God bless me with tears to shed for those who suffer pain, rejection, hunger, and war, so that I may reach out my hand to comfort and turn their pain to joy. And God bless me with just enough foolishness to believe that I can make a difference in the world so that I can do what others claim cannot be done, to bring justice and kindness to all our children and to the poor. And finally, dear Lord, we pray that you will give bread to the hungry, and for those of us who have bread, give us hunger for justice. Amen.